Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. We go now to the Regis Brothers RV phone line, and we welcome in our mattress firm student of the week from Helena High School, Hayden Henschel, joining us. Hayden, thanks so much for being with us. How are you doing this afternoon? I'm good. How are you? Well, we're doing very well, Hayden. Thank you very much, and we appreciate you being here. Congratulations on being the student of the week. And now let's talk about this a little bit, because you are a volleyball player there at Helena High, but you transferred to Helena just last year as a junior. Is that right? What was that like for you to transfer into a brand new school in the middle of your high school career? That's not that easy to do, is it? No, it was pretty hard, but I used to go to a Class B school that had about 200 kids in it, and then I transferred to a double-A school that had about 1,500 kids in it. And so what was your plan? Did you go in there with, like, you know, with with, with presents for everybody and try and make friends, or did you go in there and say, hey, listen up, Class C, this is where it's at, you guys all got to listen to me? Like, what was your approach to try and make sure that you got in there and, you know, people liked you and stuff? Um, I already knew most of the girls because – I played on a club team with them, mm. so it was pretty easy to like get to know everyone and stuff, and I went to middle school with some of them because I went to Montana City, which is like between the two high schools that I went to. Absolutely. I drove through Montana City uh, just a couple days ago. I didn't see much because it was a complete whiteout. Is there still 100 feet of snow in Helena right <laughs> now, Hayden? It's crazy out there. There's quite a bit of snow, yeah. It's melted today, though, because it's pretty nice out. Hayden, hey, Coulter Nuanas, thanks so much for joining us. Volleyball seems like it's it's your favorite sport. How long have you been playing volleyball? Um, Since about sixth grade. And you're going to go play volleyball in college, right? Dawson Community College in Glendive? Yeah. Very good. Well, what, what went into that decision, and uh, how excited are you to, to go uh, carry your volleyball career on after high school? I'm really excited. I like the coach there. I like everything about that school. I can't wait to go there. What's what's the thing that you that kind of stood out to you most about Dawson Community College? Um, they have a really nice gym. I noticed that, and um, there's only 300 kids that go there, so it just seems like I could get to know everyone that goes there. So that seems nice. Absolutely, that will be nice. Uh, Hayden Henschel joining us. She's a senior at 
Helena High School. She's our Mattress Firm Student of the Week. And Hayden, I thought this was great too. You, you, when you transferred into to Helena High, you also had a, a friend. Is this right, Alex, who has been sick, has been battling leukemia? And you said, you know what? I, even though uh, I'm at the new school, I want to do something for her and raise a little bit of money. Tell us about what you did there uh, to raise some money for Alex. Um. So we got some money for um, patients, just we set boxes around the school for money for leukemia um, research. And it was just supposed to, we were only supposed to get like $400 or so, but we ended up getting around $700. Wow. So we decided to donate $100 directly to Alex to help him out. Well, that's that's fantastic to have done that and to think about him and think about, you know, the the larger scheme of this in general and also to take it, you know, just to undertake it, the prerogative to do that on your own is is really outstanding. So we're, we're happy about that. Now, I realize we're in a place where you're not really playing sports right now. You're not really going to school at the moment. Is that right? You got some. This is why you're with us now. Right. You got all this time to fill. Yeah. So first of all, you're welcome. You know, we do, we're happy to be the place that we could give you something to do on a Friday afternoon. You know what I mean? But when you get back to the gym, how exciting is it to think about, okay, when you can't play a sport, you can't be with your teammates and stuff like that right now to get back to it. And especially going into college next year, will it, will it add, do you think a level of, of excitement and appreciation when it does come back around that you're not able to play right now, the way you have in the past? Yeah, I'm used to practicing every Sunday at least, and we haven't had practice for a few weeks. So I'm really excited to get back with my team and get in the gym and stuff and get ready for some tournaments in May. Now, do you still get a ball like downstairs and work on stuff against a wall or something like that? Are you still trying to stay sharp? Yeah, I've got a volleyball hooked up to my basketball hoop. Oh, there you go. Yeah, so I just hit it. Well, Hayden, we certainly appreciate you being with us. Best of luck next year at Dawson, and congratulations on being the student of the week this week, okay? Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Hayden Henschel, the uh, volleyball senior at uh, Helena High School. She's our Mattress Firm Student of the Week. If you have a student you'd like to nominate, you just go to mattressfirmmt.com, and you click on the students link or the, the, the tab there, and you can nominate any student we still got a couple weeks left, and as we come down the stretch here, about six weeks or so from now, we're going to have a big vote, and every student that's been the student of the week is going to be available to be voted on to be the student of the year, and the winner is going to get a $3,000 scholarship for Mattress Firm. Very cool that they're doing that. So go online. You can nominate anybody, just a kid who's doing good things in their communities, in their schools, uh, in their, with, their, with their families, whatever it might be. We want to tell... We want to tell the stories of the kids who are out there doing good things like like Hayden and her for her friend Alex and uh, and playing volleyball as well to boot. So that's very, very cool. We'll take a quick break. We still gonna to talk to Mr. Marks today? We are. He's okay. excited to come on and tell some stories. Derek Marks, he's got stories. We're gonna let him tell them to you. Former defensive lineman for the Montana State Bobcats right after this. You know, Coulter, the online world is complex. And it's even the more complex when you have a business that's online. And let's be honest, every business is online in this day and age. How nice would it be if you had a company that could help you make your business demands simpler and the approach easier to understand while also making it secure? One of the great books ever written, Eric Hoffer, The True Believer. One of the theses in this book is men of ideas and men of action. Sometimes the men of ideas need men of action. We need help. 
We need help with all of the logistics of technology. Boy, do we. I got nothing but ideas, and I got no clue how to do any of this other stuff. So that's why you call our friends at Blackfoot. Blackfoot Communications are your men and women of action. When your business online needs help, needs security, and needs to, frankly, just stay functioning. At Blackfoot Communications, they deliver state-of-the-art security solutions from the perimeter to endpoint devices and remote data backup for businesses across the state of Montana. Ensure that your company is online all the time. Get the people of action from Blackfoot Communications. For more information, visit goblackfoot.com slash business. Appreciate all that. We go now to the Regis Brothers RV phone line. We welcome in former defensive lineman for the Montana State Bobcats, Derek Marks on the line. Derek, thanks so much for being with us again. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you guys doing? Well, we're we're doing great. Congratulations on getting your entire career in just under the gun before they canceled everything, <laughs> man. That was well done by you. Great yeah. timing, right? <laughs> no doubt. It's crazy. Derek, you were uh, an outstanding defensive lineman for uh, Montana State for your entire career and obviously a very successful career, but you were also a member of the first class that kind of was the whole way with Jeff Choate and the new, you know, as he came in, you guys kind of came in together. And I know that he's had a very special relationship with that group of seniors uh, that, that went through the whole way with him. What's it been like for you to kind of go through that path and now be done and reflect on your time as the first full class to go through with 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 coach Jeff Cho. Yeah, I think it was pretty unique. Uh I'm just thankful yeah that we were able to yeah, step onto the team with him stepping in and I, I just remember sitting in his office as we were talking there at the end uh just for our exit interviews and he said, you know, the most the thing you're going to be proud of the most is not necessarily uh what happened on the field or beating the grid four times or whatever the case may be, but it's going to be taking this program from where it was at, at four and seven to being a, you know, playing in the semifinals and also just changing the culture completely. And I think, I think that's true. Reflecting back on things is just uh, being able to change the culture of that program, the trajectory of that program moving forward. And uh, I just, yeah, I, I think they'll continue to have success there. You had a totally unique perspective on both sides because your guy from Belgrade, Montana, I, I remember when you committed, it was in your junior year. So you were basically Signed up to be a Bobcat while Rob Ash was still the coach, a whole different coaching staff. Right. I know I know you and Bo Beck were, were close, former defensive line coach. But then also you had some experience with Choate before anybody ever even imagined that he was going to be Montana State's head coach. You went to a camp out of the University of Washington uh, when you were in high mm-hmm. school and chose the D-line coach. So both sides of it. I mean, you, you had familiarity and wanted to play for Ash, but then you got a chance to play for Choate. But when, when Jeff Choate was first hired, what do you remember about it? Because you were a guy that actually – had played a little bit of football for him before. Right, yeah. I, it, it was great being able to meet with him in that, that summer and then actually connected with Will Disley, who was playing defensive line at the time before he switched to tight end and, and back when he was home in Bozeman and, and just got to learn some of the drills that Coach Choate taught us at the camp and then be able to learn you know, the coaching points that he taught them and that they would do every day. So that was kind of a unique uh, background, I guess, to some of the things that, and it was true. Like I, I got to college, and the drills that I learned were the drills that I learned from uh, Will that summer, and so that was that was really helpful. But I, yeah, I just remember uh, when Coach Ash got fired, it was like, okay, hopefully this new guy, whoever it is, is going to keep our scholarships number one. And then, yeah, to hear that it was Jeff Choate, it was just like, wow, this is. It was immediately, yeah, just immediate comfort, I guess, to 
me and to my family and and we were just fired up to be able to uh be a part of something something new with him and to be able to start that together so Derek here's my issue here okay because <laughs> defensive linemen are supposed to be uh mean and you seem right. like a nice guy <laughs> And so I'm wondering why you were any good, right? Because you're supposed to be That's a right. jerk. And so what? How? Right. What is it like though? Because I mean, you know, to to be you know the affable kind of guy that you are in general, and then step onto the field and have a different headspace that you're clearly occupying, and and I think I would think enjoying that to some extent. Is that something oh, yeah. that you miss or that you're gonna miss? And and where where are you gonna go now when you need to run into something? Yeah. I, I, Kind of a funny question. I, I get that Thank a lot. You. I think I think uh yeah, I'm definitely different than a lot of my teammates, different than a lot of the guys that, that play defensive line. And first of all, yeah, I would just attribute that to my relationship with the Lord and just uh yeah, wanting to please him in everything I do. So that kind of makes me who I am. But I, I would just say, yeah, a lot of guys, you know, kind of put it on a front too. I think a lot of guys like to talk and I was just a guy that wanted to go out and do it. I didn't care what you thought about me. I didn't care what you, how you viewed me. I was just going to beat you. And, and that was kind of my mindset. And I didn't win every time, but that was my mindset. I was going to win. I was going to outwork the guy across from me. And, uh, yeah, so that, that was just kind of the mindset that I took to practice that I took the games and it kind of worked out. And, and I think, yeah, but I do miss like, yeah, just being able to celebrate a big play with my teammates, being able to yell, being able to, have that competitive fire uh both in practice and in games and and i do miss that and uh it's just not the same playing basketball with you know 35 year olds <laughs> <laughs> hey 35 is not that old okay just no, so we're no, clear just so we're clear you get the ancient <laughs> yeah. guys in their mid-30s geez louise Derek marks joining right. us uh, former defensive lineman for the montana state bobcat yeah, it's actually funny thinking about your guys' defensive line group though because you have a lot of guys that are actually really nice guys zach wright was such a nice guy tyler oh, yeah. no no is yep. a nice guy bryce sterk is a really nice guy too so you guys are kind of like <laughs> yeah. the you guys can all just trigger it and go into Football, but let's oh, talk. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about some memories. Ask him who isn't nice. Who is the actual <laughs> well, biggest? I think everybody knows team. that Tucker Yates has yeah. got a little bit of an edge. You know, <laughs> Tuck's, Tucker's going to give it to you, right. no doubt. Yeah. Uh, but let, let's talk uh, some memories. Ryan and I were saying before we welcomed you on the show. It's very interesting because when you think about so much of your guys' class, your legacy. Obviously, you brought it all the way back, and you got all the way to semifinals, a place that Montana State had not gotten since 1984. But the number one thing that people are going to remember about Derek Marks and Braden Conkle and Bryce Sturck and this group of seniors is that you guys beat the Grizzlies four times in a row, including the biggest win Montana State's had over the Grizz in terms of margin of victory for almost 45 years. So uh, 48-14, that doesn't lie. But when you take it all the way back, the 2018 game, an instant classic, one of the great Cat Grizz games we've watched the stuff on the goal line with Tucker Yates and Chase Benson getting penetration, then all of a sudden you and Grant Collins, you got the ball in your hands and – Montana's comeback uh, is thwarted, and you guys, your comeback is complete. You guys win. But then the very first play of the next Cat Grizz game, big hit on the sidelines. Derek Barks got the ball in his hands again. So you basically recovered the last fumble of one of the great Cat Grizz games ever, and then the first one to spark one of the biggest butt whoopings we've seen on the Bobcat side. So those moments, what do you remember? Oh, man, I, I can still really vividly remember the 2018 game. And, and that was just, I think, something about being in – you know, their stadium and being in the end zone right in front of their fans and, 
yeah, seeing the ball loose and jumping on it and, and seeing, yeah, Tucker knock it off him and Grant knock it off him. And, uh, and then just being able to celebrate after that was just, I remember running down the, <laughs> down the field with the ball and getting to the sideline and celebrating with my teammates. And then, uh, yeah, one of the funniest parts of that, I remember we were all kind of, you know, celebrating on the, on the field and guys were dancing on the logo and waving at the fans. And it was just, that's just so much fun. And then we get to the locker room and we're kind of, we kind of call up the team and everything for a, a break. And, uh, Grant came, Grant comes in late because I think he was taking pictures or something on the field and, and everybody's in the locker room already. Grant comes in late and there's champagne on the floor and, uh, he's just yelling. And then he just, <laughs> his feet fall out from under him and <laughs> flat on his back. And every, everybody was laughing. So that was just, those are just fun memories to reflect on. Uh, even just the celebration after that. And then I guess, yeah, this first play, uh, last game, I cannot believe I just thinking back on it, the first five plays, it was like the most physical game I think I've ever been a part of. And you could just tell it was a veteran group of guys that wanted to win. Uh, a lot of Montana guys on our defense who were hungry and, uh, people doubted us, <laughs> uh, coming into that game. I think a lot of people thought we were going to lose. And so it was just like the fire that guys were playing with for those first five plays. And obviously that first play kind of set the tone and it was like, okay, if we can, if we can play this fastball game, they're not going to be able to hang with us. So yeah, that was so fun. And, and then <laughs> just a kind of coincidence to be able to land on the ball and back to back plays, uh, yeah, it was just special. That you're right though. The first five plays set the tone of that game. But when you had the fumble, you recovered that fumble. Was that the loudest you ever heard Bobcat Stadium? Oh yeah, definitely. The whole thing <laughs> I think was, that was shaking. The I've ever yelled too. When that happened, Ryan and I looked at each other and we were like, "Oh, oh, it's on." Yeah, oh, Chris man. better bring it today because uh, cats are going to bring it today. Yeah, that was unbelievable. Derek Marks joining us, former defensive lineman for the Montana State Bobcats. In addition to uh, being married, congratulations, and setting screens on old men in pickup <laughs> basketball, w- w- what's in the offer now for you? What are you? What are you up to? And what is what is the next? You know, weeks and months. I realize it's uncertain in a lot of ways for everybody, but you know, as you look out there mm-hmm. in the uh, in the sort of near and inter- intermediate future, what uh, what's going on with you? Yeah, I'll graduate this spring, uh, get my degree at Montana State, and then. Yeah, Ken and I, my wife, are kind of in a little bit of decision-making in terms of some uh, potential opportunities moving forward and um, either staying here in Bozeman or moving to California, and there's some different things on the table. And, and what we're, yeah, what I'm doing is pursuing, uh, yeah, just a life in ministry. And so I'll go to seminary, which is basically just a master's degree to learn how to, yeah, handle and teach the Bible. And so yeah, just a, a lifetime in ministry, and I'm, I'm just really excited for it. I feel like it's why I'm on earth, so I feel like it's the reason that I'm here, and so I'm kind of on the verge of starting that for the rest of my life, and so I'm just really excited. My wife's really excited, and um, but kind of, yes, I'm unknown to our future, which is a little bit interesting, and, and then it's just been a different change of pace, you know, uh, not having, to, having our mornings to ourselves, and uh, yeah, it's just been a little bit of a different change of pace for us, but we've been enjoying it and we've been enjoying the time that we get together now. And so everything's been good. What seminary are you going to? Do you know? Yeah, it's called the master seminary in Los Angeles. But the reason I'm 
having a hard time choosing is because they have an extension campus here in Bozeman. Mm, okay. Uh, so, yeah, so trying to choose, do I go to the extension campus or well, whatever? I, so. Now, I don't want to be mean about this. <laughs> but it doesn't seem like that hard a choice, whether you're going to be yeah. in Los Angeles or in Bozeman. I mean, come on, right, Derek? What's going that's on right. here? No, that's right. Yeah, we're just, yeah, we're trying to figure out what's going to be the best opportunity and and no, uh, I, I, all things considered. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. I get you. Well, I know a bunch of your, your former teammates were, were all gearing up for pro day, but it seemed like you were pretty satisfied with just the way that your football career ended. So, I mean, why? Yeah, I think. Uh, yeah, I was just pretty content to move forward. And like I said, I just feel like ministry is what I, what I felt wanted to give my life to. And it's always been one I one, not always, but, uh, around my sophomore year, I was like, yeah, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. And so I just felt like, okay, I'm going to, for these four years, I'm just going to give everything I have into football and just sell out with what the Lord had me doing at the time. And, and then, uh, when the time comes, I'm going to take that same focus, that same intensity, and, and turn it all into uh, ministry. And so, yeah, when we finished up that last game, I was like, all right, now it's time to time to move forward. And, and yeah, just didn't really look back. I think a little part of me wanted to continue to play. Obviously, I think a lot of pretty much everybody wants to continue playing. But, yeah, I was just so content uh, on moving forward and ready to get started. Well, Derek, that's fantastic, man. It's awesome, first of all, to have something that you you believe in that you can turn that attention to. I think a lot of guys find themselves in a little bit of no man's land when they finish playing football at the at the college level, and so that's great for you. We absolutely wish you the best, uh, both in in seminary and in your life uh, as a as a newly married guy and all that stuff. And congratulations! It was a blast watching you throughout your career. We'll be excited to see uh, uh, where it goes from here. Okay. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Derek Marks joining us. One of the nice guys, but oh, also nicest. a baller. He's been such a nice kid. I remember the first time I ever called him. I called. Uh, he's a junior in high school. It was yeah. during fall camp, and he had just committed before his junior year, which is very rare to even have the offer and get a chance to make your decision that early on. Yeah. But I call him up and and uh, I said, Derek, this is kind of cool. You know, we have a. We're gonna. We would love to do a recruiting story on you, but we'd love to take some live pictures. Usually, the kids just send us pictures for recruiting. Because they're from all over the country right. and stuff like that. And right. So we said, we'll just come to a fall camp. We'll take some photos of you. Okay. So he says, great. Come on out to Belgrade. So Coach Kinnaman, Eric Kinnaman, he's a former Bobcat as well. Yeah. But we get to practice, and Derek's practicing, and he stops in the middle of practice and said, Coach, the guys that I invited here are here. And so he runs out of practice, comes over, <laughs> shakes our hands, says, thanks so much for coming, guys. He said, enjoy yourselves, and then runs back in. I'm like, is this kid 30? Right. He's supposed to be 16 right. years old. Right. What, like, what kind of manners does this guy have? But just to, he's never been, he's never changed. And I mean, the guy, if you look at Derek Marks, I mean, he's not much bigger than I am. He's only about 6'1, 245 pounds. I right. mean, for him to be a four year starter and then move to D tackle his senior year, and he's sort of one of those arbitrary guys because he's called him a four year starter because he was basically the utility guy his whole time from playing sure. strong end to buck end to three tech and then up moving up and down the line. But I thought that them moving him to the inside was the key that unlocked the entire puzzle. That's what made Bryce Sturk have such a huge year. It's what made everything tick for Montana State's defense, and I thought he was the best three-tech in the league this last year, and it's a testament to his discipline and the way he honed his craft, and uh, a guy that took a tremendous amount of pride in being a Bobcat, so that'll be something that's hard to replace. I mean, a lot of young guys, they have a hard time being vocal leaders, 
I mean, the kid is going to school to be a minister. I mean, he, he knows to be how, a vocal leader. He knows how to speak <laughs> right, to right. groups, and he he enjoys it and embraces it. And uh, so that'll be a very hard thing for Montana State to replace. You can't Tom, be a player for Jeff Choate for four or five years and not know how to address a room. Well, no doubt, right? I mean, no doubt. But I mean, talk about a guy that sets the tone and leads by example. I mean, there's a lot of guys that talk about it, but to actually be about it from day one to the end of your career. Yeah. I mean, Joe told me he never missed a practice. Derek Marks did not miss one practice in his career. So to be able to preach the the tenets of the program as well as display via example your own right, personal right. discipline, pretty amazing. I mean, Choate said, I'm going to be pretty hard-pressed to find a guy who's this good of an all-encompassing leader. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Uh, well, we certainly appreciate Derek Marks being on with us now and in the past as well. He's been uh, very good to us all the way through, and we certainly appreciate him and, and congratulate him on, on an outstanding career and now a whole life out there in front of him for sure. Uh, we'll take a quick break. On the other side, Stu Morrill, a little snippet from Stu Morrill. Why? Well, we'll explain it to you right after this. You know, Coulter, the online world is complex, and it's even the more complex when you have a business that's online. And let's be honest, every business is online in this day and age. How nice would it be if you had a company that could help you make your business demands simpler and the approach easier to understand while also making it secure? One of the great books ever written, Eric Hoffer, The True Believer. One of the theses in this book is man of ideas and men of action. Sometimes the men of ideas need men of action. We need help. We need help with all of the logistics of technology. Boy, do we. I got nothing but ideas, and I got no clue how to do any of this other stuff. So that's why you call our friends at Blackfoot. Blackfoot Communications are your men and women of action. When your business online needs help, needs security, and needs to, frankly, just stay functioning. At Blackfoot Communications, they deliver state-of-the-art security solutions from the perimeter to endpoint devices and remote data backup for businesses across the state of Montana. Ensure that your company is online all the time. Get the people of action from Blackfoot Communications. For more information, visit goblackfoot.com slash business. We, uh, we wanted to do a little something different. Now, we've been playing on Tuesdays during this Grizz Great yep. podcast series the, uh, uh, a little snippet of each coach of the Montana men's basketball coaching tree, a little snippet from our conversations with them from the podcast, just to give people a little feel for uh, each individual guy. And so, I don't know, maybe two months ago, something like that, maybe not quite six weeks, whatever it was, uh, we played a little bit from Stu Morrill, uh, who uh, was obviously the head coach uh, early on uh, in this Montana men's program. Now, we wanted to revisit that a little bit for a couple of reasons. First of all, we want to reemphasize now that the whole podcast series is out that we're going to probably go back and hit a couple of these guys again for you to to, to – so that people who haven't been in the series from the very beginning and maybe now you got some time on your hands, you can go out and get a little feel for it and run through the whole thing. But today in particular, seemed like a good day to do this. Tell the people what's going on here. Well, Coaching Trees, this one is so has so much continuity to it when you talk about Judd Heathcote on down and then the way that these guys have all either played for each other or coached with each other or both. And the connections are they're almost never-ending the way that it always circles back around. But then trees also have other webs, especially when guys have such right. successful careers out after their stops at Montana, like Stu Morrill did versus Colorado State and then at Utah State. But if you checked out the bonus episodes of Grizz Greats, 
You probably caught Don Verlin, who then went on to be the University of Idaho head coach for 11 years. He was on moral staff for a good portion of the Colorado State time and almost the duration of the Utah State time. Ray Ray at Weber State, who's been at Weber State for 14 years. He was with Stu almost from stem to stern uh, during his two stops there. Worked with him for uh, more than a decade. And so those guys, though, their trees have started to grow now a little bit too, especially Randy. But this thing all leads back to Stu Morrill. Well, Jeff Linder was on Randy Ray's staff at Weber State, right. as was Steve Smiley. When Linder got the Northern Colorado job, he brought Steve Smiley with him as his associate head coach. Well, now Jeff Linder is the head coach at Wyoming, and, and Steve Smiley is the head coach at Northern Colorado. So now Randy, as of today, so right? now Randy Ray can say that he's had two different guys from his coaching tree right. get Big Sky Conference jobs, which in itself is very impressive. And, and now a, uh, a Mountain West job. And now, Mountain, right, so, and now a Mountain West job as well. So Stu Morrill's tree starts to grow, and we'll see if this circles back around. It seems as if the the ties are going to be a little bit more in the Utah slash Rocky Mountain Mountain West region yes. than it is maybe the Big Sky. Right. But it, Coach Ray, you know, he always teases that I must be getting old if I got guys that are going on to coach other places. But <laughs> right. when you had the the tenure that he's had and the amount of success that he's had, I mean, he's been at Weber for 14 years. I know this was a a very very trying year for him and his team. Certainly their worst year in 14 years at Weber State, but when you're at a place that long, I think that that's it's bound to happen one time. But uh, I think that most coaches in the league would tell you that they think Randy's the best coach in the league, and now the fact that he's got a couple guys who worked underneath him that are getting Division One jobs and you know getting Mountain West job in Jeff Linder's case and now getting his first crack as a head coach in Steve Smiley's case, it's a testament to Randy, but also it's a testament to this guy, Stu Morrill. Well, here's a little piece from our conversation with this guy. That is Stu Morrill. Enjoy. There is a lot more resources at a lot of different schools and a lot of different conferences than there are in the Big Sky Conference and at Montana. But when you first left Montana to go to Colorado State, what sort of things did you realize that had been a challenge maybe you didn't acknowledge was a challenge at Montana when you left? I think I knew that job pretty well uh, after after 13 years being in that program. And one thing that I always tell people is that I had more pressure as a head coach at Montana than I did anywhere else in my coaching career. And they look at me like, really? And I say, yeah, at the time we had a one-year renewable contract. <laughs> you know, and if you got four little kids and you got a one-year renewable contract, that's some pressure. And Judd had had such a great thing going that each one of us that followed in that tradition and had to continue to win at a high level, you felt the pressure of that. And it motivated you, and it was positive in a lot of ways. But it was always there that, hey, I, I got to get it done here. We got to have success. It doesn't just happen automatically. People think that, oh, boy, we, you know, we always win in basketball in Montana. That's because there's been a really good program and, a, you know, a lot of good people have gone through that as players and coaches at the university. So just a chance to recruit at a higher level, play in, in a, a league where there were, at the time, more bids to the NC2A tournament. You know, it uh, when you're in a one-bid league, it, you can have a really good team and not get to the dance. And anymore, everybody wants you to be in the NC2A tournament. Uh, when I left Colorado State and went to Utah State, it was because I felt we had a better chance to win our league. And we were able to go to the NC2A tournament eight times. And, um, you know, and, and so that proved to be true. But there were there were just a whole lot of factors that, told me that common sense is you need to take the Colorado State job, even though your heart says you don't want to leave Missoula. 
as a guy who's been around college athletics in the West for so long, what have you thought of the way that it's all transformed? Because like you said, you know, Boise, Nevada, all those schools used to be in the Big Sky Conference, and now they're not anymore. And you've seen the, the WAC exist and then not exist, in, at least in terms of football, and completely transform when it comes to basketball. And then the advent of the Mountain West, the expansion of the Pac-12. From your seat, what's it been like to watch all that? It's a little bit sad to me in some ways because the haves are are uh, really making it hard on the so-called have-nots. Uh, you know, if you're not in a Power Five conference, you have a very small chance of getting an a large bid to the NC2A tournament. Uh, I have fear that you know that they will separate and and become the power power leagues and then the non-power leagues in in terms of basketball and. I'd hate to see that happen. The NC tournament is NC2A tournament is so special with the small schools, uh, smaller schools stepping up and upsetting people and those kinds of things. So, you know, it's uh, but the committees, the budgets, the TV money, uh, all of that is uh, favoring uh, the big boys. And and I was not at in. I was never at one of those schools. I was always at Montana, Colorado State, Utah State. Uh, so I have great, uh, strong feelings about uh, that level of competition, and and I uh, hate to see, hate to see the way it's trending towards all the big schools having all the power. So there you go, Stu Morrill, former head coach at the University of Montana, and then what eighteen seasons at Utah State? Ooh, I think that's right. yep. uh, an absolutely outstanding powerhouse that Utah State is. Uh, both as a Mountain West school and and really as a, a national power regionally speaking. Well, and they mostly dominated the old WAC, and that was a good league. That was kind of pre Mountain West Absolutely. days, and, and they they ran roughshod over the WAC. And people uh, forget how good a basketball conference the WAC was when the WAC was doing sure. it thing. And they were winning twenty seven, twenty eight, twenty nine, thirty yeah, games. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, they they were they they never quite got the seed that. Uh, I shouldn't say that they deserved because I think they actually did get the seed that they deserved. They never got the seed that they really needed to go make a run in the tournament, and that kind of became the running joke that Utah State was going to be a 30-win 12 seed every year, a 30-win 13 seed every yeah, year. Yeah, or, you know, Sometimes they'd get an 11, but they could never quite get that 8-9 that they might have wanted. But he deserves a ton of credit for the, the momentum that they have because now under Craig Smith, I mean, they would have been – I mean, they won the Mountain West Tournament this year. I know they didn't live up to regular season expectations, but they had one of the best players in college basketball in Sam Merrill. And last year they were an eight seed. This year I think they probably would have been, I don't know, somewhere in the mix. But, they are I mean, they're making it out of the Mountain West, and they're making the Mountain West more than just a one-bid league. And so I think Stu Morrill deserves a ton of credit for the foundation he laid there. Sutel Nuanas, 102.9 ESPN Radio. If you'd like to listen to Grizz Greats Coaching Tree podcast series, again, you can get it anywhere you get your podcast. Just search Grizz Greats. Uh, it's all out now, boys and girls, all 10 episodes and all the bonus episodes. So it's been a lot of fun to do it. You can go listen to uh, to it in chronological order or just in order of favorites or by piecemeal, however you'd like to. Is brought to us by Blackfoot Communications. Boys and girls, Carl Tyler's Missoula Volkswagen, they're locally owned. They're community-driven. That's Carl Tyler Auto Group. want to finish today, Coulter, by just finishing up with the only thing that's actually happening in real time in the world from a sports perspective, and that is NFL free agency. And we... uh going off right now. What's that? It's going off right now. It's going off, man. It's crazy. So today, again, if you weren't with this earlier, but uh, uh, Melvin Ingram signing with the Denver Broncos is probably the most significant signing of the day. 
What did I say? Melvin Ingram. Melvin Ingram's the He's still the with the Chargers. He's still with the Chargers. Thank you, David. Yes, Melvin yeah, you Gordon. just blew my mind for a second there. I was like, damn, they got Melvin Ingram too? No, no, well, no, 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 no. Melvin no, Ingram, no. Bradley Chubb, Me- and Von Miller. Melvin Ingram, my, my, that's, that's my mistake. Two Mel- How many Melvins could possibly be on the same team? What a deal. Melvin Gordon, though, running, former running back of the Chargers, is now a Denver Bronco. I, I really think this is great. Look. Melvin Gordon, when he came out, didn't I don't think he scored a touchdown his rookie year and looked like a bust. And then his second year in the NFL really figured it out and got absolutely rolling with the Chargers. And I think he had two outstanding seasons. Then this last season, he wasn't injured. I think he was he was suspended. Was it? I think was it, was it a PED thing or something like that for four or six games? No, he sat out in a contract. Oh, was it a contract deal? Okay. Six was it six games, David? Is that what it was? Yeah, six games. Okay, so he sat out the first six games of the deal of the season with a contract negotiation. Okay, my I, I, that's all, that's on me. That's poor radio hosting on my part to see, because I thought it was six games. It sort of goes with sort of the suspension. Not suspended at all. Has not been in any trouble, but nonetheless was not playing for the first portion of the season. But when he came back. Splitting time with Austin Eckler, who was on the show yesterday, by the way. If you'd like to go listen to that interview, you can check out the podcast and do that. Point being, Melvin Gordon has proven himself to be a a very good, a very good, not great, but very good running back in the league to this point. And I also think that take Royce Freeman out of the equation, what Melvin Gordon brings with Philip Lindsay is a great diversity at running back. I mean, Melvin Gordon is fast enough in his own right, but he is strength and power and between the tackles. Phillip's, Philip Lindsay's great superhero ability is his speed. I mean, he is just as quick and fast to the edge to the hole as you could possibly be, and he's perfectly strong in his own right, but it's it's the speed, it's the step, the burst that he has. For For Melvin Gordon, it's the strength. And the balance and, and some of that stuff. I think the two of them paired together is a great combination in the backfield. And you can really uh, do a lot with those two guys. So I think that helps tremendously. And with Drew Locke in there, a guy who is, you know, the early returns again are very good for him to have a solid running game that is there. Big time, big time uh, uh, to, to help him on a defense that's probably going to be I mean, it, you would think that this has to be a top 10 defense in the NFL. I mean, if they were not a top 10 defense in the NFL this year with a defensive minded head coach, it'd be very disappointing with the players they have. So I think there's there's cause for for very good optimism in Denver right now. I'm not sold on Drew Locke yet. And, well, no, I mean, who's sold and, on him? But and I just I don't know how the Melvin Gordon, the Melvin Gordon move could be great. And it also could be a bust. I, I really do think they had a, one of the better one two punches just because like Philip Lindsay and Royce Freeman are so much different guys, but also they seem to get along and share the load pretty well. So I don't know. We'll see how that works out as well. But I do think they do have a chance to be very elite on defense. And that's what they need to hang their hat on, too. They just need to get some sort of functional quarterback. All right, Coulter. Now, I don't want to end the week on this like super low note, but I don't, I can't help myself here. Okay. Everson Griffin, now officially no longer a Minnesota Viking. And he follows what I believe to be the entire defense out the door in Minnesota. They signed Kirk Cousins to a two-year sixty, is it two-year sixty million dollar deal? Is that what what Kirk Cousins got from uh, Minnesota? Sixty-six, maybe for two years. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, I know that that just irks you in every possible way, but 
uh, with Everson Griffin being out, Xavier Rhodes being out. Now, Xavier Rhodes is frankly not that big a loss at this point. I mean, he, he's, he, he was not good this past season, and I'm not sure what it's going to take to get uh, – if it's all over for him or if there's maybe somewhere else where he can be at least a spot player. Uh, but to lose, to lose this group of guys defensively, Dalvin Cook is great, but also no Stephon Diggs now as he goes to Buffalo. Uh, if you're looking for teams that are perhaps in a regression spot right now, it seems to me Minnesota might top that list. I mean, absolutely. Everson Griffin's my favorite player on the Vikings. It's, it's a bummer. It's a big bummer. that. Uh, I mean, so right now, basically, Minnesota no longer has Xavier Rhodes. They no longer have Trey Waynes. They no longer have Mackenzie Alexander. They no longer have Linval Joseph. They no longer have Everson Griffin. Those are all guys that got substantial playing time, if not were starters, on their defense. And now they don't have Stephon Diggs on offense. I mean, I, I, like, I really like Dalvin Cook. I really like Hunter. I really like Harrison Smith. But... A lot of the guys that I really like on the Vikings are not on the Vikings. That's anymore, right. Well, that's a bummer. And the, the issue is like, okay, Emerson Grissom, he's he's 32 years old. He's still a very good player, but he's he's been, he's been in the league 10 seasons. I mean, he's... 75 sacks. It's fourth in franchise history. It's unbelievable. Sacks. Yeah, he's a, I mean, he's an unbelievable player. But, you know, they're... They are a very good group, but they're certainly an aging group. And Lenval, is Lenval Joseph, he's out too? He's out. So... The, the issue that I have for Minnesota is I understand either financial or just in general needing to turn the roster over a little bit and trying to get younger because it's just it's not just going to get better. It's going to get it's going to diminish your returns when you talk about the age of the group. But I don't know who's coming in. They're not getting people in place of the guys that they're losing. And that to me is an issue. I mean, it's 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 a huge problem. I mean, honestly, this is a very unpopular opinion, probably, but if they sign Javion Clowney to replace Everson Griffin, that's just a bad move, I think. I know Clowney has all this upside, and he's younger than Everson Griffin, but Everson Griffin, he's had his issues in terms of his mental issues, but he has not been. A, he doesn't have a physical erosion going but on. But let me here. ask you this. Emerson Griffin's out. You are currently yeah. no Emerson Griffin. It's right. done. Well, right, so, so now they need to... As, right. as you sit right now... You'd have signed somebody. If you got your Davion Clowney, that would be an upgrade from whatever the situation currently is, right? I mean, maybe. I guess it just kind of depends on who they got waiting in the wings. I mean, obviously, they're now, they're now going to feature Danelle Hunter in a much more prominent role, which they already did, and he's the one guy they decided to pay. I actually think that's good because he blossomed so much earlier, so they got him locked into a long-term deal. I mean, you still have elite players. I mean, Ken, Kendricks was a, a first-team All-Pro this year. I mean, he's yeah. still an outstanding player. Anthony Barr, you know, he's a lot more... Um, Braun than maybe production still, yeah. but he's st- he's still solid, a good dude, right? Yeah. And the other thing is they've drafted well. And Mike Mike Zimmer, for all his faults as a head coach, he's a phenomenal developer of of defensive personnel. They, no de- I mean, with the exception of the Seahawks, you could argue that under Mike Zimmer, the Vikings have developed defensive personnel as well as anybody in the NFL. Well, all I'm saying is this: Rick Spielman, who's the general manager of the Vikings, and and Mike Zimmer. Uh, I don't know how I don't know how many seasons Zimmer's been the head coach. Spielman's been the GM for eight years. There, there. This to me is make or break time. Like if it goes if it goes bad and you resign Cousins and nobody else, and all of a sudden you're a 500 team or worse. I I think I think you're turning the page and you're well, starting the whole thing over. I mean, you want to know one guy they did sign? Who? Dan Bailey. <laughs> You bring him back the kicker. They got their kicker sorted out. 
Well, he plays for the Vikings, so figure out a way to get cut by the midpoint of next season. Boys and girls, have a wonderful weekend. Stay safe. Stay in. Stay separated physically, but not, what, virtually? Take care of each other. Look out for one another. And we'll see you on Monday to tell Nuanas. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia? When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org.